Stickered Up, the official podcast of the Cars Tour is on the air. Presented by Solid Rock Carrier. The Cars Tour, the premier late model stock series. Short track racing at its very best. Stickered Up will feature A-list guests, the hottest topics, race previews, recaps, the good, the bad, and the ugly. If it happens on the Cars Tour, Stickered Up is chewing on it. Here's your host, Stephen Dunn. Welcome in, race fans. Another edition of the Stickered Up Podcast, the official podcast of the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour. And round three of the 2022 championship bout that we call the Cars Tour is in the books. Greenville Pickens Speedway, two first-time winners in 2022. On the pro late model side, Giovanni Ruggiero. And then on the late model side, a familiar name, Mr. Josh Berry. Very interesting night at Greenville Pickens Speedway on Saturday night in the midst of the pro late model race, a transformer blew inside the infield, knocking the lights out on the backstretch. The pro race was called uh, 13 laps short of the finish, and then after a two-hour delay, we were able to get back to racing action with the main event in the late model stock cars. We'll go to our friends at Pit Road TV, Tony Stevens, recap the pro race that saw Giovanni Ruggiero Take the checkered flag. First time, Molly Pistons pole sitter Giovanni Ruggiero brings the field through the KRC power steering start zone. And the per year 225 for the pro late models is underway. First lap in the books led by Gio Ruggiero. And the first battle on track is going to be Austin McDonald and Brandon Setzer. Side by side, Setzer able to fall back into the fourth spot as they continue to race. Here's that fight for third yet again. McDonald, Setzer, Finhouse. That has tightened up a good bit. But the battle for the lead is on to turn number one. Caden, Quapple all over Ruggiero, Ruggiero, and this might be a whole new ball of wax. This is the battle right now for fourth as they come to 25 to go. Finhouse in the bottom, McDonald up top. Um, we just lost power. I looked down and saw sparks in the infield off of a light pole and half the lights around the racetrack have just gone dark. don't think that's how you want that to work normally, right? No. Um, I looked down. I thought it was fireworks. Green and blue sparks over a light pole are probably not a good thing. Mm-hmm. We'll get everything situated down here in Edderbrock Victory Lane. As many of you have seen, the checkered flag has waved. The decision was made to call the pro race. So all we have to focus on is the late mile stock feature, the $10,000 to win main event here this evening. Here he comes, out of the car, Giovanni Ruggiero, a Cars Tour Pro late model winner. I've heard the term lights out fast. I didn't expect you were lights out fast. Uh, what was, first off, what was that like uh, going down the racetrack and seeing the lights all gone? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, we were down the back stretch and I just all of a sudden, you know, couldn't see that well. Um, I'm fortunate that um, that's how the race ended, but um, it is what it is. Uh, had such a fast car all weekend, um, really dominated here. And um, big thanks to uh, Anthony Campy and the First Ford uh, for sponsoring me and uh, everybody on the crew that helps. When did you know just how dominant this race car was? Obviously, the practice situation, everybody likes to play the practice games. You sat on the pole, but when did you really know what you had? Or, or did you really know until the last few laps of that run? Yeah, you know, I mean, in the race, we just checked out, and, and the car was, you know, feeling really good all weekend. You know, the balance was always right. Um, Anthony and everybody on the team just working really hard on it, um, making good changes and, you know, positive things. Giovanni Ruggiero, the winner 
of the Pro-Late Model Race, Caden Quapple second, Brandon Setzer in his first appearance of the year finished third, Luke Fenhouse fourth, and Austin McDonald finished fifth. Next up, after a two-hour delay, late model stock cars took to the racetrack. An intense battle with Josh Berry and Lane Riggs. We go back to Pit Road TV and Tony Stevens. After a lights-out delay for two hours, Josh Berry and Corey Hine lead the field to the green flag, and the per year 225 by Harrison's workwear is green. Lap number one. Give that one to Corey Heim in the lead Pulliam Performance Toyota. Yeah, Lane Riggs, no surprise, trying to work the outside on Josh Berry. Same for Jared Fryer on Connor Hall. We saw the top, the top side begin to come in in the Pro Late Model race. Riggs back to the point around Josh Berry, dragging Jared Fryer with him, trying to take the second spot. Have we seen Jared Fryer use the outside like this all that much tonight, up to now? A little bit. He's been toying with it. He now takes third, this Fryer. Quapple back to fourth, and here goes Barry on Lane Riggs. Oh, Barry with a deep drive down into one. He might just be able to keep it alongside the 99 and does down the back stretch. So this could be a battle again going into three. Riggs able to hold Barry off. Again, clears him down the front straightaway. 16 laps remaining, separating one driver from $10,000. So Fryer to second, now with 10 laps to go. Can he reel in Josh Barry? Problems for Connor Hall. He is nearly stopped in turn number four. The Town Bank 77 may not be able to make it back to pit lane. Well, that so Barry really starting to dial it up when you need Jonathan it. Jonathan Schaefer is slow out of turn number two. Are they running out of fuel? Yellow. Oh, boy. Yellow flag is out with four laps to go in the per year 225 by Harrison's workwear. Through the KRC power steering restart zone. It is a dead heat into turn number one. Oh, what a payday this would be for Jared Fryer if he can take this one home. Barry back to the point, lap number 123. That was a must. He has outlasted a fierce battle with Lane Riggs. Contact, a spin, and much more. But does he have enough fuel to get the rest of the way home? Down the back stretch. He can coast to turns three and four, but he can't coast out. Off the final turn, Josh Barry will win the per year 225 presented by Harrison's Workwear. Jared Fryer second, Carson Quapple third. Here he comes out of the race car. Josh Berry wins the Perrier 225, presented by Harrison's Workwear. The first question, as I look at the damage on this race car, what happened in turn number four that ultimately put you in position to control the restarts and get the lead of this race? Yeah, man, we were just racing so hard. Um, Lane was so good off the top, and you could know, kind of crowd me and get me loose, and I don't know, we just kind of kept making contact, and... Um, yeah, I tried moving him up a little bit to try to get by, and, and um, I mean, I thought it was, I don't know, I thought that was about as clean as you can race side by side for about 50 laps at a place like this, so um, just hats off to these guys. We had a number, like we, I finally, I was having a lot of trouble on the restarts there at the end, and uh, I lost third gear on that last one, so we were having some sort of issue on the, the restart that um, Lane got in front, um, it didn't go into gear right. Whether that's user error or not, I don't know, it might have been on me, but either way I lost third gear coming to the last one and really um, uh, I thought I was a sitting duck and I think I just got just a good enough start that I think Jared hesitated a little bit and, and I was able to just get uh, just far enough ahead that I could kind of work my way back for the next lap. 
And again, Josh Berry, the winner, $10,000 richer. Our in-studio guest, Mr. Jared Fryer, finished second. Carson Quapple, third. Lane Riggs, fourth. Corey Heim, fifth. Chad McCombie, who started 28th all the way up to sixth. Carter Langley with another strong run. He finished seventh. Jacob Hefner, Connor Jones, Brandon Pierce round out the top ten. One of the best races we've probably seen in quite a while up front with Josh Berry and Lane Riggs battling. And again, uh, some guys running out of gas, kind of threw a curveball there at the end. But again, Josh Berry able to prevail. And again, Jared Fryer in studio desk. We'll talk to him after the break with a second place finish. Looking at the late model stock car points after three races in 2022, Carson Quapple still your leader with 96 points. Chad McCombie climbs to second place. He's 18 points back. Carter Langley third, 21 points back. Brandon Pierce is fourth, 23 points back. Last year's runner-up, Caden Honeycutt, round out the top five. He is uh, 25 points out of the lead. Recapping the uh, pro points after three races, Caden Quapple still your leader. He's three points ahead of Luke Fenhouse. Austin McDonald is third, 18 points back. Logan Jones, 23 points back in fourth. And Cody King, 25 markers back in fifth place. Brandon Willard's waving the caution flag on this segment of Stickered Up Podcast. We'll take this opportunity to come down pit road, sticker up, when we return, we'll talk to Jared Fryer, late model stock car driver. You're listening to the Stickered Up Podcast. Stickered Up, official podcast of the Cars Tour. Furniture for less. Prices 30 to 40% less than the big box furniture stores. Conveniently located, 3301 Richlands Highway, Jacksonville, North Carolina. Call Adam Resnick, 910-540-7157. That's 910-540-7157. For all your furniture needs, give them a call. Furniture for Less, official furniture supplier of the Stickered Up Podcast. Follow them on Facebook at Furniture for Less, Jacksonville. Delivery by truck, part of the lifeblood of our nation. Solid Rock Carriers, LaGrange, North Carolina, gets the job done. Specializing in general freight and refrigerated foods. And here's an opportunity for you. You can join the Solid Rock Carriers team. If you have a CDL license and would like to find out more, call 252-521-1757. 252-521-1757 for Solid Rock Carriers, supporting short track racers and industry professionals and the title sponsor of the Cars Tour. BST, Bryant Shock Technology, providing proven race-winning shock technology. The only thing that will shock are the affordable prices. BST offers sales, service and repair of racing shocks plus suspension related components for a wide range of race cars with 20 plus years of nascar experience and a decade as a shock specialist contact pj bryant 704-701-5585 that's 704-701-5585 tell him you heard about bst on stickered up stickered up this is carter langley driver of the gxs wraps justin johnson racing number five and you're listening to the stickered up podcast Green flag back out, Stickered Up Podcast, the official podcast for the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour. In studio, a familiar face to the Stickered Up Podcast. Mr. Jared Fryer is back in studio. Jared, welcome back to the Stickered Up Podcast. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Man, you've, uh, last two weekends, gone chasing 10K, finished second both times. Uh, A little bit different circumstances for both of those, but... Man, wanted to get you in here. I know you don't plan on running the series full-time, but I thought an absolutely phenomenal run for you guys at Greenville Pickens this past Saturday. Talk a little bit about um, 
about what Saturday meant to you guys? It definitely meant a lot. Uh, honestly, going back down to Greenville is more or less redemption for me for the last time we were down there. You know, we went down there for the final race of 2020, which was a championship night of us, and we really struggled. And it was kind of weird because, uh, you know, we won a championship and it was a great thing and all. But I also, I didn't feel that good because we ran so bad and we struggled to we struggled to get the car right that weekend. So to go back to Greenville and have a strong run like we did is what I was wanting. So it felt really good, definitely confidence booster and, and a definitely good way to kick off the season with the first two or first three races inside top three. So, Man, you had a bird's eye view of probably one of the best battles for a lead in a race in a long time, man. <laughs> We're just waiting for those guys to bounce off one another. And then obviously there was some contact there um, midway through the race that where Lane spun out. But – what was it like watching those guys race side by side as long as they did and, and beating and banging on one another? Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, it definitely gave me a lot of hope because there for like three laps, we were faster than that whole group. And obviously with them racing side by side, it's going to slow them down. So uh, I was able to catch them a little bit and watch what was going on. I knew it was going to get crazy. I figured somebody was going to spin out or wreck eventually because they were bouncing off each other quite a bit. And um Sure enough, it Lane ended up going around. I, I I couldn't tell at the time what happened. I mean, things happened so quick. All I know is when he spun around there and smoked the tires, I couldn't see. So I was just trying to keep off him in the wall. And luckily, caution came out and kind of saved us there. But uh, yeah, it was pretty good racing, man. It was awesome. I mean, uh, I saw a lot of good things at the racetrack the last time we were there, and I was really excited to go back. And luckily, the, ra the racetrack produced good racing and side by side racing. You know, because like I told a lot of people after races, most tracks we go to is bottom feeding in one lane. And if your car is really not good, you're kind of stuck to that. Where this track was a lot of side-by-side racing, and the second lane in one and two was really good for me. And it was it was manageable in three and four, but one and two, the outside was better. So it gave it gave you a chance to better your race car and race, and it, it really benefited me a lot because I was not that good early in the race on the bottom and was able to move up and, and find some speed and grip up there, which led us into finishing second there and racing on the outside of Josh there the last couple laps. How – but a lot of people that I talked to over the course of the weekend, uh, we were there two years ago. A lot of people said, "Man, this asphalt's completely different. It's aged and weathered that much in two years." Did you did you see a significant difference in it from two years ago to this past weekend? Not really. Um, I felt like the last time we were there, which we which uh, it's kind of tough to say because both times we were there, it rained. You know, so mm -hmm. uh, saw a lot of different temperature change, a lot of different humidity change and stuff so the racetrack changed a lot last time and I, I didn't feel like it changed as much this time um it definitely was hard on the tires I wouldn't say it was significant more you know not like the old Greenville but it definitely wasn't easy on the tires so um I was I was happy to see a lot of side-by-side -side racing though because like I said most of the flat tracks you really don't see that so to be able to do that man it was awesome you were pretty quick in practice on Friday um and, and then again in sat on Saturday and again, we walked, we we kind of went into the weekend with this tire situation where there were no practice tires. Does that does that do you benefit? Does that help you being a veteran on the Cars Tour series? Even though you're not running full time this year, is that does that give you a little bit of advantage over some of these younger guys being able to go out on fifty or seventy five lap tires and be able to tell what the car is going to do and not going to do? Oh, definitely. I feel like it does. Um, you know, because I felt the car. There's so many stages, you know, especially that certain car we've been driving. It's it's a new car, but it's still an RNS chassis. So uh, I know where, where it needs to be on what lap tires, I feel like. So I got a really good feeling for there. And um, so then when we put the better tires on, our practice tires, you know, I kind of gauge where it needs to be and how it needs to drive. And uh, luckily everything worked out for us there in, in the last couple of races with it, really. 
we've talked um, we've talked off off air uh, that you're not running full time cars tour. You guys have kind of built your schedule around these big money races. You know, obviously at Carteret two weekends ago, you finished second there. Um, but I wanted to kind of pick your brain. You have run two cars tour races. You've seen who these full time guys are. Um, you look at the points, and you've got. Three guys at the top of the points that did not run full-time late model last year. No, obviously Carson Quapple was on the super side. He was there every weekend just in, on the super side. But, you know, McCombie didn't run at all last year, Cars Tour. Um, Carter Langley, who's running for Rookie of the Year, he ran two Cars Tour races last year. And then you've got some familiar names, you know, Brandon Pierce, Caden Honeycutt, um, Lane Riggs, you know, Chase Burrow, who's also running for Rookie of the Year. He's there. You're sitting eighth in points with missing a race, which is pretty damn impressive to me. But what do you? Th- what's your take on on what you've seen the first three weekends? Obviously, the two weekends you've raced, and then you know, obviously the Hickory weekend that I'm sure you've probably watched or you know on pit road TV on replay. But what's your kind of take on where the series is at on the late model side so far? Yeah, I feel like it's good. I mean, it's everything I expected. I knew the first race of the year had a lot of good cars and a lot a lot of cars too and that kind of carried over to hickory and even carried to greenville so um it's definitely i feel like every year the competition level steps up even more and there gets better drivers better cars and stuff so um to be able to go out there and compete with them guys and run that good especially on a part-time schedule like that is that means a lot to us and says a lot so um you know car store has always been the most competitive series i feel like and the best thing going you know from the purse to to the structure of the schedule everything's been good about it and and i really like so um it's a little bit of different justin too you know not running all the races but at the same time you know what races we do run we can really focus in on our car and really study you know where it needs to be where it was last time and how how we can make it better you know because i feel like you get racing so much man you just kind of get in a routine of just prepping your car go to the racetrack and you know, throwing things at it. You don't really get to sit back and methodically think about it, especially with me and my dad, the only two that really work on it So, and, and do the setup stuff. So um, it really, I feel like, has helped us a little bit. I know it sounds kind of crazy because a lot of people think you got to race a lot, and I feel like you got to race a lot. And we might go through a slump here in the next couple of races. You know, you never know. But uh, I feel like I got a better understanding of things this year by kind of stepping back and really watching and seeing and, and looking at our stuff. So it's, I feel like it's been beneficial for us. I have to ask the question. Um, I call it the Josh Berry effect. Um, obviously, Josh has proven time and time again he's an extremely talented race car driver, full-time Xfinity national champion. Um, when he comes when he comes to run late model races, and I consider that you know him you know playing you know and look Kyle Larson does it. Kyle Busch has done it in the past. Um, when you see he's going to be at the racetrack, do you does, does that does that does it get you down to think? I mean, I got to beat this guy. This guy's back again, or does it elevate your game to where you know what we want to beat him? You know, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. What's the mentality that you know Jared Fryer has when Josh Berry shows up to a late model race? Uh, I feel like man, you know, it elevates me honestly. You know, he's the best. So, and if you want to beat the best, you got to beat him. And uh, if you do beat him, it's going to be a big deal. And I feel like it'll open a lot of eyes. So, you know, I know we didn't beat him this weekend, but we ran second and outrun his other car. So that that was still big an accomplishment to me. You know, um, so it definitely gives me confidence to be able. You know, I, any anybody's beatable, especially him. You know, I mean, he's just harder to beat than some others. But if you can, like I told him after the race, if you can line up side by side with him at the end of the race and 
and have an opportunity for a win, you know, I mean, that's all we can really ask for. And as long as I do the best I can and, and perform the way it needs to be, then I think, you know, in the day you just can't be more thankful for that, you know. The one thing that I saw this past weekend, and uh, James Benfield, who is up at Tri-County Speedway, which the Cars Tour will go to later this year, he was actually at the race, and we both saw this. And I don't know if you saw it or not, um, but Josh was down there in turn one after practice, walking around the racetrack, uh, evaluating the bumps and kind of the things of the racetrack. And we both looked at each other and was like, that's why he's good. Because he's trying to find a way to get around the racetrack better. And you don't see that with a lot of these younger kids. And it's not, it's not to, def, you know, shame them or whatnot, but – are those things that Jared Fryer is a vet, veteran? You know, do you do you ever go out and after practice and look at spots on the racetrack and try to figure out, you know, hey man, if we hit this, if we can hit this this bump just right, it gets us off the corner better. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, especially Greenville, you know, I'm pretty sure he was in the same spot everybody struggles at there. So to be able to study that and know what your race car needs to make it better too, and see how how the track affects your car you know he's been studying his car for 10 years you know so he's, yeah. he's got a really good feel for it and that's kind of where we're at now I feel like you know I've been studying that RNS car for the last three years and we've been to Greenville once and I knew what my weakness was so I knew what I where I needed to work to make it better and uh, that's just with any racetrack you know we've been to about all the racetracks that car store goes to now other than Jacksonville um, so I know where our car needs to be better at you know and uh, that that's helped me a lot, you know, racing and being at the track. You know, it, it's tough to go to a new racetrack and run really good the first time. It always it seems like it takes it two or three times before you really get a handle on it. So, um, to be able to to see things in a racetrack like that is definitely a benefit. I feel like limited schedule. Um, when's the next time we see you at the Cars Tour? I'm not sure the date. Whenever Dominion is, is looks looks like that's the next one we're going to be mean, at. You mean to tell me that you're not going to go back to Franklin County and defend your your win from, from 2019? Man, that place is awesome. Yeah, I, I it mean, was, uh, well, that's not, I wouldn't say it wasn't my choice, but I had, uh, I got vacation playing that, that week with okay. my wife, and that was the only time she could go, so... Um, I got mixed emotions about it. Uh, put, people might think it's funny, but after I've gone to a track like that, done so well, you know, the bar set high. So if you go back, there's only, you know, you got to perform again. If you don't do it, then people think you're a failure, you know. So it doesn't hurt my feelings to go back because we already set the bar. We've done what we needed to. Yeah. We had a, almost a perfect weekend by sitting on the pole and, and winning the race. But, uh, you know, I'd rather, for me, it helps me to go, like I said, to Greenville and kind of redeem myself where we struggled so bad. And to go there and have a good run like we did this weekend is, does a lot more for me than going to a track where we've already won and won again. You know, which yeah. obviously the things change, man. I know they've done some repaving there, too. So, you know, who's to say we won't go there and struggle, you know. So yeah. um, I kind of like to leave it there. You know, we won yeah. there and kind of like to leave that. Obviously, it was a great fashion, and I would like to go back. But, uh, yeah, I got – uh, a little bit of busy schedule on the personal end of things coming up in the next month, so we're going to take a little break off and then get back at it in June and July. So we won't see you. Uh, we won't see you on the Cars Tour till Dominion. Any other races that your fans may be able to see you at before Dominion? As of right now, no. Probably uh, Dominion our next one. On um, as of right now, like I said, I haven't even really looked past yeah. this last weekend, but uh, it looks like Dominion. Does that mentality help you? I mean, I know. You know, we talked about this, you know, months ago that you were going to kind of scale back and do it more of a part-time and run for these big money races. 
does it give you a, a little bit better um, balance of, you know, enjoying time with your wife and family time and not just grinding so hard getting to the racetrack every week? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, it's good to race a lot like that, and it, and it but also it takes a lot out of you, you know, the whole circle of life, you know, your family, your wife, whatever you got, you know, your friends and everything. So to be able to scale back, you know, in a couple of weeks we're going on a family vacation. We haven't been on a family vacation with my brother-in-law, my wife, my family, all together in probably a couple of years. So to go do things like that and enjoy time and also be able to race too, those is good. You know, I mean, it's racing's good, but it's tough. Like I said, it takes a lot out of you and um, it takes a lot to do to race full time like that, like we have the last two years. And it's been good. And I've been super thankful to do that and lucky, but at the same time, uh, you know, I've definitely missed and sacrificed a lot to, to race that much. So to spend time with the family is, is definitely going to be nice. Is it less pressure when you show up to the racetrack now, knowing that you're not running for a championship and, hey, man, we're here. We're here to try to win 10K, and if we don't, we don't, but we're here to have a good time. I mean, does it, is it a significant amount of stress and, and intensity that you don't have to deal with because you're not chasing points every weekend? Yeah, I feel like it. You know, I feel like I guess my style of racing has kind of landed me under the banner of a points racer, which really not a points racer. I just like to maximize my finish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Without being stupid and tearing the car. Cause I know what it takes to work and fix all that stuff. I don't like that. So, um, this year kind of want to just go after wins and especially big money wins. You know, if we're going to be on a limited schedule, we might as well race for big money in my eyes. So, um, that's kind of where we're at there. And I would say it's got less pressure too, especially that I've been to a lot of these tracks more than once. So that's really helped us too, confidence wise, like I said, back to having a good car. So triple crown, something that you guys have got circled, you know, South Boston, Langley, Martinsville again. I mean, obviously Martinsville, a phenomenal night for you. Top five finish up there last September. Um, and I know those are what you, you consider those big money races. They're 10,000 and 30, 30 what is it 32 or 33,000 now to win Martinsville I mean those three races on your calendar oh absolutely you know in uh South Boston me circled you know we we seemed to struggle there in qualifying last year and we raced okay we just didn't get a good finish as we like and uh obviously everybody enjoys going to Langley I feel like on our race team so and we've had good starts and good finishes there in the last couple of years so to, uh, we need, still like to pick off and win at least one of those, man. It'd be awesome. You know, those are the crown jewel of late model stock racing. So to be able to run that is definitely going to be a lot of fun and very special. I wanted to go back to something you mentioned um, earlier. Um, new RNS car for you guys. Um, how much have you guys, I mean, obviously you've been in RNS car for three years now. And how much advancement or how much better is this new chassis compared to the to the first one that you had? Because the first the first RNS car that you had was one of the first ones to come off the assembly line, and obviously Marcus Richmond and his team do a phenomenal job of trying to maximize what they can do. Are there any are there different? And I won't tell you, I won't get you to explain them, but can you see differences in the newer chassis compared to the first one that you had? Um, I feel like. There's really not much. I mean, obviously, anytime you have a new car, new metal is always, to me, has seemed better. So um, I wouldn't say, you know, there's any big differences. I just think that we have a better understanding of how to adjust on it now for the type of racetrack we're going to. And um, and also the, the new engine that we had, you know, with John West has really helped elevate our program a lot, too. I did not know that you had a John West motor. Yep. Okay. Yep. 
That helps, right? Oh, yeah. That's what I told him this weekend. I've been relying on that thing. It's time for me to step up. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, because this was also something that played into the the race at, at Caraway and this past weekend at Greenville. Did you start getting nervous when you started seeing people run out of gas with three, four, five laps to go? Honestly, it didn't even it didn't even cross my mind when I seen the first two cars pull off. You know, I thought something happened. They broke. And then we come back around, and there's like four more. I was like, uh-oh, this is turning a fuel mileage race here, which I kind of always knew in the back of my mind. You know, that's, that's one of the biggest tracks we go to, right. so you're going to burn more fuel initially. And then with all the caution lamps we had, so I knew it was going to be close. I didn't realize it was going to be that close. How much uh, fuel did you have in the fuel cell? A Wait, thimble? Uh, yeah, <laughs> just enough to pump out there in tech. <laughs> Man, it, it's, cra- it, it's crazy that the two – Two of the biggest races so far have have ended up where, you know, fuel mileage has um, played into factor. And I know that uh, Nelson was a victim both occasions. Uh, I know that um, that Jonathan Schaefer ran out of gas. I think Connor Hall ran out of gas. I mean, it was um, yeah. There's a lot of good drivers that did. Sitting in the spotter stand and hearing them guys go by, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I said, running out of gas, running out of gas, hammer down, hammer down. I mean, and. I'm sure that, you know, your spotter was the same thing. Like, you just, you know, and then that way for a spotter, like, you're having to look up the track to see if there are cars on the inside at snail's pace to make sure that you don't run over somebody. Yeah, exactly. As far like Greenville for us, it was kind of a win or lose situation. So right. it wouldn't have been as bad. I mean, obviously, Caraway was the same way, but, you know, we you're were, not points racing. Right. And, and we were racing for the lead there at Greenville the last three laps. So, you know, if it ran out, it ran out. You know, where Caraway, we knew we were cutting it close. That was our decision. You yeah. Know? So we knew what we were up against there. So um, that was, you know, a little bit different. But like, you know, Greenville, we, you know, there was nothing we could do. It wasn't like we could took fuel later or anything, you know. So at that point, to me, it was checkers right there. Yeah. Well, again, that's that's a different mentality that you have because you're not running full time. Yep. So, man, um, I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. I always enjoy chatting with you. You're very knowledgeable. Um, and and I, I see a different Jared Fryer at the racetrack, at least these first two weekends, because I can tell that you don't – you want to win. Everybody wants to win. You go there to win. But, like, man, I can tell that there's a different vibe with you. It's like, hey, man, we're here to have fun. We want to win races. And, you know, you ain't got to chase points. And I think that's got to be – that's huge, man. That's a huge – relief i think yeah it definitely is you know it feels better you know this you know chasing money and wins is biggest thing so you know with everything we got going on you know our, our program is i feel like at the top of its level so as long as the driver shows up then i feel like we got all the right tools in order to win so i want to give you a chance to thank your sponsors obviously it takes a takes a like you said it takes a lot of money to get to the racetrack and a lot of people to get you to the racetrack I want to give you an opportunity to thank those folks yeah, definitely like to thank Jimmy Moore and Racing, um, Sterling Building Group, my mom and dad and my wife. I'd like to thank Bill's Golf Carts, uh, David West, RNS Racing Chassis, Pro Systems. Jerry, congratulations. Two solid runs in the cars tour thus far. Look forward to seeing you at Dominion in June. I know I'm I don't I wish we could see you a little bit sooner, but I understand it. Enjoy some of those family vacations, man, and uh Go grab that checkered flag at Dominion. We'll have you back on uh, in June. That'll work with me. That is Jared Fryer, driver of the number 14 for Jimmy Moore in Racing. Brandon Willard's waving the caution flag on this segment of Stickered Up. We'll take this opportunity to come down pit road. Sticker Up. We'll return. We'll wrap up this edition of the Stickered Up Podcast. Stickered Up, official podcast of the Cars Tour. 
Needing new tires and trying to fit that in your budget doesn't have to be stressful. You just need to know where to go, and that's Thrifty Tire, your locally owned source for new and used tires. Two locations, Durham and Roxborough, not just tires. Auto repair, wheels, brakes, alignment, and suspension. Online at thriftytireonline.com. The official car care service center, the official pit stop of the Stickered Up podcast. Get the picture with Pit Row TV, the official home of Cars Tour TV, where winners watch their favorite races. If you can't make it to the track, tune in and let Tony Stevens bring you all the action for the Cars Tour. Pit Row TV. Check them out online. PitRow.tv. That's PitRow.tv. Don't change that channel. Delivery by truck, part of the lifeblood of our nation. Solid Rock Carriers, LaGrange, North Carolina, gets the job done. Specializing in general freight and refrigerated foods. And here's an opportunity for you. You can join the Solid Rock Carriers team. If you have a CDL license and would like to find out more, call 252-521-1757. 252-521-1757 for Solid Rock Carriers. Supporting short track racers and industry professionals. And the title sponsor of the Cars Tour. This is Bobby McCarty, driver of the number 22 Solid Rock Carriers Toyota. You're listening to the Stickered Up Podcast. White Flag, this edition of the Stickered Up Podcast, the official podcast of the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour. Next weekend, we head to Jacksonville, North Carolina, Goodyear All-American Speedway for the inaugural running of the new River 125 presented by United Rentals. Next week on the show, we'll have Anthony Goodyear on the show track promoter to help preview next weekend's inaugural event for the cars tour in jacksonville 125 laps for the late model stock cars the pros are off they will not be part of this show the green flag scheduled for 6 p.m if you have more information leading up to this next weekend's race at goodyear all-american speedway you can check out their website at goodyearallamericanspeedway.com you can also check out information at carsracingtour.com want to thank all of our partners that help make stickered up a possibility solid rock carriers mr kirk ipoc bst bryant shock technologies and pj bryant thrifty tire and service center with justin johnson adam resnick furniture for less and our friends at pit road tv tony stevens thanks to our production team here at broadcasting experts Dave Perkins and Morgan Patrick. And again, want to thank our guests this week in studio, driver of the number 14 for Jimmy Morin, Jared Fryer. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Stephen Dunn, and that's the checkered flag on this edition of the Stickered Up Podcast. Be sure to share this podcast. New episodes of Stickered Up will be available wherever you download your podcasts. Oh,